Whether you're coming from a boat or a stand, welcome back to the lodge with your hosts, Matthew Dredska. Wait, no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, no, come on, no. Dang. Patrick Mudge. I really don't know what to say that's funny because I'm not a very funny person. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) And Nick Condor. There's a difference between picking and itching. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me they're gone. I won't have nothing left. Don't tell me you're strong. Back to the Lodge is brought to you by Icy Tech. USA. Live from West Tennessee, I'm Patrick. I'm Matt. I'm Nick. And we are back to the lodge for week nine, ten, I don't know. Nine. Quick, nine. I kind of quit counting. Nine. All I remember is week 26, we promised we'd quit picking on Nick. <laughs> I'm still counting. You're still counting? I am still counting. Okay, well, you got like twenty or 15 more weeks to go, bud. Hey. Or no. Man, I suck at math. Help me out, Army. <laughs> <laughs> 17 there you go um you could have been picking on me and i wouldn't be able to uh defend myself because i just pulled in i know you were you were on it man close today as people have been hearing we are crazy busy right now i just got me a truck yes you dro- finally got a truck i had to drop the truck off back at the dealership for it to, uh, to get cleaned real nice so and how's it how's it feel to be a truck guy again I missed it. I'm starting to see that gas gauge, though. That gas gauge likes to drop a little bit faster than my car did. But, I mean, what? I've had my truck for five days now. No. Has it been five? No, six days. Six days. I've had it for six days, and I bet that there hasn't been a trailer hooked up to it one of those days. Maybe one there has not been a trailer. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, you've had a trailer every day. And now we have the new trailer. I know it. I keep looking at it. I can see it. So, those of you listening, we we travel to a lot of trade shows, expos, live and now live broadcasts. No, yeah. and uh, we wanted to put the mobile studio and obviously product in the in the trailer so we can haul it when we go. So we got this trailer. It's a well, I think a twelve yeah. twelve foot trailer, twelve by and, six uh, or something. Uh, I know it's seven wide, so I think it's twelve. So it's twelve by seven. Anyways, we went to get the vinyl wrap, and I had to go pick it up from our friends down at InDesign's Graphics uh, in Fayetteville. Tennessee, so huge shout out to them because they do an amazing kick butt job. But um, we he, he kind of designed the side panels with Matt, you know, typical you know commercial trailer. You see the name of the company and the nonprofits we support, um, and some artwork. And and you got Matt and his daughter fishing from a cooler on a pond. Well, the pond that we did have, <laughs> still have it, still <laughs> have it for a little bit. But anyways, so it's it's very eloquent mural like outdoorsy outdoorsy feeling yeah so the guy that's designing it jeff neboff from indesign's graphics one of the best guys i've ever met in the outdoor space but also in the uh uh product customization space 
and he does amazing work. I mean, he does the planes for Red Bull, their flight team. Oh, wow. He does, you know, uh, uh, what do you call them? Competition, fishing boats, air mm-hmm. boats, custom boats, everything, yeah. trucks, trailers. Everything. I mean, if, anything if, you want to wrap. If it can be wrapped. And I mean, the quality, and that's why I've known Jeff for uh, 10 years at least. And that's why I pushed Jeff. I said, yeah. I said, we got Jeff's already done. So stuff Jeff, for yeah. Us. So Jeff took care of the sides in the front. We got back to the lodge on the front. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that. I did. Okay. So we got back to the lodge in the front and Jeff says, well, you guys got to come up with something for the back. <laughs> well, we don't have double doors that swing out. We have the loading ramp that drops down and it's a big flat door. And I thought, you know what? We should make it to where it looks like there's no door. Mm-hmm. So we threw some coolers in the trailer. This was a month ago or so. And we put Matt inside the trailer, sitting on a cooler, waving, and we squared up the camera perfect and got the picture just right. So Jeff puts that on the tailgate, and it looks like the door of the trailer fell off, and Matt's riding in the back, <laughs> waving. I thought it was cute. I thought it was funny. Obviously, it turned out amazing. Matt, if you could share it to the back to the lodge page, that'd be cool. I sure can. But... uh it looks it looks so real and and Jeff loved the idea. It turned out great, but I didn't know how great it was mm-hmm. until I leave Fayetteville. And I'm causing traffic jams cuz people <laughs> are taking pictures of it. And and there was there was a car that passed me or was trying to pass me. And you could see that it was a couple, it was a man and woman in the car and she's in the passenger seat and she's slapping him and she's got her phone out. Like, slow down, slow down. So he goes he goes past me and then goes right back behind me again, taps his brakes, f- falls behind. So I can see her taking pictures. I see the flash flickering in the window. And then sh- they go. <laughs> like, oh, that was kind of cool. This happens 50 times in about a six-mile stretch of road. I'm like, this is not going to be good. I mean, it's good, but it's not good. I'm running late for getting here to the show. Right. So... I'm hauling butt coming back from Fayetteville, and I stop at a uh, Love's gas station to get me some coffee and gas. Mm. As I'm pumping the gas, six people walk up to me asking about the coolers, asking about the trailer, who's the guy on the back. <laughs> and I'm, I'm running late, so I'm trying to be really nice, but I'm also kind of short. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Matt. He's our sales guy. And, yeah, we've been around since 98, you know. That's the mm. original. And this one guy's like, I got this kind of cooler in the back of my truck. I'm like, right on, bro. You know, I got to go. <laughs> so if you're going to pull this trailer down the road, Matt, make sure you're not late for anything. <laughs> because if you stop, you're going to get a lot of questions. A uh, couple stadies did pass me. One slowed down. But nobody pulled me over. So do you know that it is? Um, is that illegal? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so either. It's not obscene. No. It definitely could impede traffic. It could be a distraction. But I... Nobody's nobody's gonna stop us for that. Well, by the, by the way, the post him. the post has just been published. So if it, if people are listening and want to see the picture of the okay, back of the trailer, it is on our back to the lodge Facebook page. Awesome. Well, Jeff had a great idea, and he said, "You know what? That piece is a it's a single cut piece." Yeah. He suggested we change it out annually, mm-hmm. if not monthly, and he can make some temporary ones to go over it. He's like, "You should probably get Matt like during Breast Cancer Awareness Month and a." pink something or, or a picture of matt like falling out of the trailer and like just change it up yeah. um i really hope nobody vandalizes it but i give it about 30 days before somebody takes a sharpie to your face especially when we start hitting the road because there is a rivet on your cheek on the back of the door it looks like you have a mole yeah so i'm waiting for somebody to pen that in in black yeah. and i'm gonna be very very upset if that happens now but man that looks good 
So yeah, you'll see our new trailer heading down the road, obviously, you know, locally, and then as we're traveling around the country. Um, it's going to make for some good laughs. I do want to come up with a hashtag for it that's unique so people can, that do take pictures, but I'm not, I'm not in do, inciting people to uh, text and drive, so we don't want that. So maybe common sense just has to be a little more common. Yeah. But in any case, so like Matt said, we are in the process of the move. Um, we Ugh. are going. <laughs> we are on like week four <laughs> of the move, um, which has been a lot of work, but all great stuff. It's turned out great, and uh, we're we're definitely going to be growing uh, substantially from East Coast to West Coast. Uh, all things being equal, but what we didn't want to do this week because we've been so busy is we did not schedule a guest this week, um, and deer season kicked off. So we're going to kind of go back. Talk about our first deer. Even Nick's got a deer. And uh, we're going to be talking about kind of those first-time stories. And, uh, you know, share your story. We want to hear how your week's going out there in the field uh, with opening season. From north to south, everybody's out there for archery. So let's uh, let's see some stories. Post them on social media. And uh, if there's a really, really good one, we may give you something. So that's a good way to go to the Facebook page, Back to the Lodge. Uh, like the page and leave us a story of you of maybe not your first time out, but maybe your funniest time out. And uh, if it's really good, you might win something. And heck, who knows? We may have you on the show. Mm. So how about Whoa. that? Ooh, okay. And you can tell that funny story on our show. How's that sound, guys? We might be able to give him one of those new. Let's just hold it back just a little bit. Do we have an update on those? I mean. I don't. I'm not going to get into that story on the radio. Well, no, 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 no. I do. Not, I do not have him this week. We're supposed to. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if you talked to him. No, I have okay. not talked to him. But, but they, we'll have something fun. Well, and they're going to be great when they're done. But no, does it I, have your face on it? Maybe even better if it did. <laughs> but no, no. I'm just on what three of the five panels of our trailer. So yeah, but your daughter's on there, and she's much cuter than you. It's true. So it's true. All right, we're going to take a break with our sponsors. You're listening to Back to Lodge on 100.9 The Farm. Hey, let's just be honest. No one can ever completely beat a mature whitetail census. But if you play your cards right, you can fool them. Now, for all the work you put into getting this close, make sure the camo you choose is up to the task. Mossy Oak, made for moments like this. IC Tech now has tumblers and apparel. Check out ictech.com or visit the hardware house in Huntingdon, Bennett's Hardware of McKenzie, or Rev Power Sports in Jackson to find all your IC Tech coolers and accessories. IC Tech, the classic roto molded cooler that started an entire industry. 100% veteran owned and operated. IC Tech USA. 100.9 The Farm. We are back to Lodge. We got what you got, and one of the things we got was a nice video of Nick. <laughs> oh, my God. It is up on the page, as of this morning, of Nick's dove hunting trip down to South Texas. Man, it looks like you had fun. Yeah, man, you had a blast. It Tell- looks like I did, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you think, man? How was your trip? Uh, you know, it looks like I met a bunch of people that I don't know <laughs> um, that were pretty, we were getting pretty close. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what folks don't know is, you know, again, recap from last week. Um, Nick was not able to go to the Texas trip. Uh, and we felt bad because it wasn't right for Matt and I to be live uh, without you there. So yeah, yeah we called our, one of our producers out in California and said, hey, can you Photoshop Nick's face onto an 80s glamour shot photo? So he finds like the perfect mullet with the python or the boa constrictor around your neck and photoshops your face on there. So Matt gets on his phone and we got Matt. It was actually Matt's idea. I'm not going to take any credit mm. for that part. I came up with the let's call Justin and let's go to Walmart, you know, instant print and we'll get a yard sign stick so we can parade you around town in Houston, Texas, Lake Jackson, Rockport, Poti, and San Antonio. Man. Um, but you already knew that. You were there. What a, yeah, you were there. What a result of just feeling bad. So, you know, it was, it was, it was funny. And, you know, Matt has no shame. None whatsoever. What is and, that? I know, right? What's shame? I mean, he had to stick down his pants, walking around, <laughs> and yeah. it was fun. But I, I do have that, uh, that line where I'm embarrassed. And the that line was crossed when we went to check in for the hotel. So here's two guys. <laughs> Actually, there's three because a buddy of mine was stopping by to say hi, and we're checking in for the hotel, and we walked up, and my buddy's got. Your, well, we don't have a picture of that, but no. he's caressing your face with the stick down in his back pocket or his front pocket, and he's dude, dude, he's totally into it. Like he's playing the role. Um, yeah, and you got to understand, the, Patrick's buddy has met not he's a got single less, stranger in his life. Yeah, he's got less shame than you. Like he can <laughs> he can walk up and talk to anybody however he wants. Yep, he's just he's that charisma. I mean, just. Yeah. He's a, he's a ten when it comes to starting conversations. Yeah. He no. he can get anybody to talk, and it's an art. It's a lost art, and he's mastered it. Mm-hmm. So we're checking in. I'm checking us in, <laughs> and the hotel clerk comes up and goes, "Good evening. Are you checking in?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay. This is embarrassing." <laughs> and here's here's Steve behind us. Just Steven's like rubbing your cheek and like petting you. <laughs> Like something's wrong with him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like there was a moment where I'm like, I don't know these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I don't know now looking back at this the story, I don't know if it was intentional now, the first room that we walked into. Oh yeah. We we so we booked, you know, two beds, two queen what double yeah, queen. Double queen yeah. And uh, you know, man, I like you, but not that much. <laughs> And we go to check in, and there's one king bed. I'm like, dude, that's not going to work. Mind you, mind you, it's Patrick, myself, Steven, and then and picture Nick. of Nick. Nick on a stick. Oh, gosh. So I'm back out there. Now there's this big dude standing in the lobby, and we've got Nick on a stick, and the three of us standing there is like, dude, one bed's not going to work. And this guy's looking at us like, y'all are some weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we'll, kind of, we'll use that as the segue uh, because today we're going to be talking about opening week, first season, first deer kind of things, funny stories, hunting. And uh, my, believe it or not, I started hunting when I was a kid. I got a lot of like small game fur bears, but I actually didn't get my first deer until um, I was after after I was out of the Navy. I was a defense contractor. Really? Yeah, I was in my twenties, and uh, just never had the luck. Never saw one as a kid. And where I hunted, there wasn't a lot because I was closer to the city. Even though we have a lot of deer in northern Ohio, but my spot sucked. 
so anyways i was down i was down in uh um mount jackson virginia uh shenandoah valley area blue ridge mountains and i'm down there hunting and i'm so excited i'm like yeah i'm like this is a great area it's prime i've had the trail camera up i know there's some traffic through there there's also bears through there quite a bit of them and uh, the first day i'm just so excited i just want to put meat in the freezer i don't i don't hunt for the antlers you can't eat them anyways I mean, if you get them great but i'm a meat hunter i love fresh game it's healthy for you you know all the good reasons and this doe comes walking in right at sunset and i took my bow and spined her which is a, a spine shot she drops didn't make it i don't know five seconds she was out i was like great perfect now i don't have to track the thing i can just drag it to my truck and i get out of here so i climbed down on my stand she's done i walked to the truck first because i put my bow away because I didn't want to try to carry that with my backpack and drag the dough out. And I wasn't that far from my truck, actually. I was only probably about 100 yards. So I walked to the truck, dropped my bow off, and I go and get her, drag her out. Now, I've field-dressed deer before that weren't mine. But I'm going to field-dress mine, and it's dark. So what do you do? You pull up in front of the truck, turn the headlights on, do your thing. Well, it wasn't the greatest idea because my body is blocking the light mm-hmm. from the headlights. So I did the best mm-hmm. I could. Okay. And it was, we'll call it fair. I don't want to say I did a good job, but I did a fair job for what I could see and feel that I got most everything out. And it's probably 72 degrees. So I don't want the meat to spoil. And I've got a three-hour drive home. So what do you do? Pack her full of ice. There you go. So I get get in the back of the truck. I'm, I'm covering Like This is the part I did not think through. I have no way to wash my arms off. Because there's no creek by. Mm. And I didn't bring... Actually, I did bring a bottle of water, but I drank it throughout the day because it was actually hot. It was probably in the upper 80s that day. And I pull out, and I've got about a 5 to 10 minute drive. I mean, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like, bing ding 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 nowhere. <laughs> and there's this little gas station right before the ramp where you get on 81 North heading towards uh, like the D.C. area. And I pulled into this gas station, and as I'm pulling in, there is a rider truck with a trailer towing a, and I'll never forget, it was a Mazda, what was the Spider? Miata? Yeah. It was a little well, con- two-seater convertible. Well, I mean, Spider is a bunch. Oh, MR2. The- MR2. That's what it was. Because, I mean, there's Eclipse Spiders. and Yeah, no. So, yeah, because that was convertible. No, MR- Mazda MR2, I yeah, think MR- it was. And these two little college girls are in the rider truck and you can tell it's the time of year they're moving their stuff college. down to college yep. and I'm like okay and they get out of the truck and they see me jump out of my truck I have blood from my fingertips up to my elbows these are very much city folk <laughs> <laughs> and you swear they were looking at Jeffrey Dahmer because they turn yeah, uh, white as a ghost and I'm like, oh, well, a, this I is the Jeffrey Dahmer joke in there. I just can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're having a standoff. Like, who's going to go in the store first? Because they're keeping their distance from me, and I don't want to scare them. You know, I don't want to be rude. But they just kind of stand there at the pump and don't move. And it wasn't that look like, oh, he's cute. It's that, oh, no, he, he'll, he'll wear our skin for a wetsuit. <laughs> so <laughs> Not like a, do you want to go on a date? More of a... You're coming on a date. <laughs> <laughs> so I go into the gas station 
And, you know, you could tell this is, you know, small town USA. And as soon as I walk in, this sweet older woman behind the counter goes, oh, how you doing, dear? Did you get one? I said, yes, ma'am, I did. And she goes, well, there's the ice chest is in the back to the right and the bathrooms to the back and left if you want to wash up. And I'm like, she gets it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. You know, you know appreciate she, that. You know she's real whenever she says wash. Yeah, wash. <laughs> my, my aunt says wash. I love her to death. And she still says that. So I go and wash up. And I come out. When I come out of the bathroom, and it, you could tell this was like a regular thing for this gas station. They had one of those stationary tubs, the big white ones, yep. in the bathroom, yep. and a regular vanity. So I'm like, man, these are my people. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the clean up after gutting your deer uh, station. So I come walking out of the bathroom. The two girls have now entered the store. Mm. We are back to the standoff. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I move in this store, they move to the opposite corner of the store. <laughs> so I'm getting myself some snack food. I've got a three-hour drive, you know, and there's, mm-hmm. I think the next fast food stop is probably three or four exits up 81. It's, it's not close. Um, now, there is stuff there now because we drove through there recently, but back then <laughs> there wasn't. So I'm getting, you know, some Cheetos and Pringles and, you know, a couple Cokes. Just, hey, I'm in a good mood. I feel like getting some snack food, junk food for the ride, you know. So every time I move to the next area, they move. <laughs> and I mean, you could just feel the tension. You could cut it with a knife, and they're freaked out. So I've got my bags of ice. I've set them on the counter. I've got my junk food. She's ringing me up. They are in the farthest corner. Like, if they could have squatted down to where you couldn't see them, they were squatting down. And I check out. The lady rings me up. She goes, well, you know, congratulations. Have a good day. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Thank you. You too. Appreciate y'all. And I leave. So I go out. I can see in the window. They come running up to the counter to check out. Like They want to go. <laughs> they haven't pumped their gas yet. Oh, no. So I don't know. No, I'm, I'm speculating. Because, you know, back yeah, they were still using credit cards back then. People could pay with credit card. There was a day you had to walk in and pay for your gas. you're old. Yeah, I'm old. Like, there were no credit cards and <laughs> pumps back then. Tell, but me, tell me more, Dad. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> so anyways... <laughs> I go out to the truck, and I have a, at the time, it was an F-150, and I had one of those, it wasn't a tonneau cover, but it was like a hard tonneau cover that hinged, yeah. goes yeah, up and down, yeah, yeah. and I drop the tailgate, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to open the hard top cover. You only have to crack it open to get the tailgate down, because it overlaps the tailgate. So I crack the hinge, drop the tailgate, and I start trying to shove these bags of ice in there. Well, what I didn't realize was a blood clot fell out of the cavity mm. and got lodged between my tailgate and the bed of the truck. So I'm doing my thing, putting the ice in there. I'm going to save my meat so I can get home and butcher it. And these girls come walking out of the store. <laughs> and they look at me and they're walking kind of that cautious walking on eggshell walk. But they are definitely fixated on me. And I'm like, oh crap. I need to probably not let them see this deer because they might freak out. So I slam the tailgate shut. This blood clot explodes all over like a water balloon. Just boosh all over me, all over the ground. They scream and run (laughs) to the truck. They jump in the rider truck. And I did not know you can. 
you can actually chirp the tires on a rider truck <laughs> with a trailer <laughs> and they get on 81 and high tail it and i'm like oh my god they're gonna call the cops i'm gonna be getting pulled over saying the report and the murderer i'm like oh my god what am i gonna do and i was kind of freaked out i'm like man they're gonna like they could really <laughs> cause some damage here <laughs> you probably just should have showed them the deer hindsight because it's hindsight. way it's way better than <laughs> why they they didn't run away from you because you're a hunter they ran away because they thought you were Dahmer caught in the act i'm a cute Dahmer. <laughs> well <laughs> but anyways, yeah, radio radio cute <laughs> yeah radio cute so i'm driving home i'm like this sucks and i'm paranoid i'm like man i wonder if somebody's gonna stop me because <laughs> i got reported it's like covered in blood and yeah you know people exaggerate so i'm driving home now it's funny now I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> but So that was my first deer story, which was probably one of the most comical. So yep. please, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's going to take a while to build. So so we'll go to Nick. <laughs> yeah, mine is just very short. I mean, How old it, were you when you got your first deer? Uh, I was 18. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because, uh, you who, know. Who took I, you? Uh, or did one, you go by yourself? Well, one of my buddies that I met in college. Um yeah, because, of course, I would have had a deer before that if I wasn't such a loser in high school. <laughs> what does that mean? No, I was like, I had no friends. But. Okay, you just lost me. You would have had one if you weren't a loser. Like, people to go with is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were trying to blame did, other did people. Anybody, no. okay. uh, did anybody in your family hunt? Like. Dad, not or, much. No. Uh, I mean, my first my first hunting trip was with my dad okay. and, and one of his friends. I just didn't know if it was like a lack of you had a lack of uh, you know someone introducing you to it or sure yeah. Well, the first person that I actually really went with was uh, one of my friends that I met in college, and okay. we did get lucky. I got lucky or good. Yeah, huh? I mean, it's not all luck. I mean. Was it luck? Uh, I mean, you practiced. It's whatever you want to call it, yeah. I mean, you didn't shoot it in the hoof. I mean, you put some skill into it. Yeah, yeah. You sat in the right spot. You, I mean, it's not all luck. Anyways. You didn't stink. Nevertheless. (laughs) Nevertheless. Nevertheless. uh, We show up at his granddad's land, I think, somewhere out in Dover, I think. Okay, so local. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we go out there one morning. And uh, we're out there for probably, oh gosh, I want to say maybe about four hours we're sitting waiting. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm over there like almost passing out. I'm like super sleepy. And he's like, Nick, Nick, look. I was like, what, what, what? So there's like three doe Mm -hmm. out there. And he's like, you want your first one? I was like, dude, give me that gun. <laughs> so I get it in my sights. Boom. Drop my first one. So more to the story, when we go over there to get it, Mm-mm. I've never field dressed before. <laughs> he's trying he's trying to tell me how to do it. Mm-mm. And I am just butchering this thing up <laughs> like i was terrible so you went edward says your hands on it absolutely <laughs> absolutely and it's so crazy how quick you can get at it like i can i can yeah. field dress a deer now in 
I mean, under five Un- minutes. Yeah, five to ten minutes I mean, yeah. on average. But the first ones are <laughs> painful. Yeah. You know, and, and my father hasn't gone with me in a long time. I'm sure he's listening right now, but I think the last time he got his, at this point, I just do them for him. Because um, I can do them so quick. Last year, dude, I was in and out. I was with Matt Roberts. Yeah. And I'm sure Matt's listening right now. <laughs> I'll tell that story later because he set me up. He screwed me last year. I'm gonna, We're going to have to have him up here and, and talk that out. That's a long story. I know that. <laughs> But it, but yeah, I think I was in and out of there in about four or five minutes, yeah. and dude, we were we were off to work by eight thirty, <laughs> so oh, it worked wow. out well. But uh, so yours is gonna be a while. It's a longer. Yeah, story, we'll huh? take a small break. I'll I'll come I'll come into it after the All break. Right. Well, let's take a break, and then that way I can just I'll tell the short story so people know what I'm talking about. It's, yeah, I, I won't <laughs> let Matt live that one. Not this Matt. Matt Roberts. We got uh, Matt Dredska here. Yeah. So if nobody knows Matt's last name, it's Dredska, and then Matt Roberts, a hunting buddy of mine. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but we'll get into that when we come back. Uh, but for right now, let's take a break. You listen to one hundred point nine, the farm. Get him! Woo! Look at there. This moment was brought to you by Higdon Outdoors, a leader in the waterfowl industry for over twenty-five years. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Higdon Outdoors has been helping waterfowl hunters make the most of their time in the field for over 25 years. We are a family-owned company and we're proud to serve duck and goose hunters just like you. We make high-quality, innovative decoys and hunting products that you can afford, helping you focus on what's really important. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Innovation. Quality. Customer service. That's Higdon Outdoors. Get real. Get Higdon. Usually right about now, we'd be playing some music, but due to restrictions and copyrights, we can't allow music to play. So if you'd like to hear music in between breaks, tune in every Wednesday evening from 6 to 9 p.m. Central and hear us live at backtothelodge.com. Click the Listen Now button and you'll be back to the lodge. This country was born to believe in something larger than itself, a belief that the citizens within it could accomplish anything. From defeating an empire to sending a man to the moon, we built cities, formed the land, and through this an original spirit was born that has forged friendships, been celebrated, and at times been the cause of debate. We might not always agree, but there is one thing we can all agree on, love of country and love of a fine bourbon. America Bourbon, vet owned and made proudly in the USA, Available nationwide at most leading retailers and at americabourbon.com. 100.9 The Farm, and we are back to Lodge. So, we got a nice window here. Matt, the floor is yours. Okay, so I'm going to talk to our southern friends and our Tennessee friends. Because hunting up north, as Patrick knows, is a, it's, it's a little bit different than hunting down here. In, in a oh, yeah. sense of, I mean, hunting deer is hunting deer. That's not what I'm talking about. But... Like I grew up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's gun season only it only lasts from it's a Saturday, Sunday, then that week, Monday through Friday, and then it closes that Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you've got a weekend, the week, and the weekend. Gun season's over. So there's a lot of what they call deer camps in Wisconsin, where people take off that entire week. Everybody drives up to deer camp on Friday night. Mm-hmm. They hunt that entire stretch of days, and then they come home that next after that next weekend. That's what I grew up doing. Even from before I had a license, I would go with my dad, sit with my dad, spend a lot of hours in the tree stand when I was too young to hunt, just sitting at his feet while he was holding a bow, watched him shoot 
you know, a few deer that way growing up. So, I mean, I, I have deer hunted my entire life. My first deer, what, what, what age are you when you get your hunter safety? Is it 12? Um, 12 or 14. It depends on the state. I think I did mine when I was 13 or 14. It's, it's whatever, whatever year that is. The first legal year that you can hunt is obviously the first legal year I that, I, on the that I carried a gun <clears throat> in the woods. Um, I grew up in a shotgun only zone. So you could only shoot shotguns. It has to do something with the population density of that county or that zone, but it's now been rezoned and now we can carry rifles. I don't exactly know how that all works, but at the time it was a shotgun only zone. So a lot of 12 gauge and 20 gauge slug guns and that's what we were using. Um, Like a lot of young kids that hunted with their fathers, grandfathers, whoever, their mentor, Mm -hmm. the mentor, usually your tree stand is on the way to your mentor's tree stand. So my dad would walk me into the woods, drop me off at my stand, and then walk off to his stand. Then I would sit in the tree stand until I, until I saw my dad's flashlight coming back. I believe it was opening morning, the very, the very first year that I could legally hunt on my own. I just had a little doe come underneath the stand, and I mean, I shot her, I mean, at the base of the stand. She didn't go, but I mean, a couple yards and piled up, um, you know, bring her back to deer camp. And back back then, we used to butcher all of our deer. We don't we don't all the time anymore just because you know those butchers do such a good job making your sausage and making all the different things you want to make out of it but um that was a very i mean memorable because yes it was my first year my second year happened um i believe it was just a few days later on a deer drive where again sort of a northern thing uh you put posts posters that are at the corners of the woods and you have to play the wind and then people walk through the woods and scare the deer towards people that are posted and I was actually a walker, and I shot a doe, and we ended up getting checked by up north, we call them the DNR, mm-hmm. or here it's Green Bean, or TWRA, or whatever you want to call them. And, uh, you know, checked my license, saw my deer, watched me fill my tag out, took a picture of me, and put the picture of me in the, in the newspaper of one of my first deer. Um, but the most memorable, and this one doesn't make me look like a super good shot you were young or uh, it was just a young moment and i know my dad's listening and i think already he knows what story i'm gonna tell (laughs) and he could tell this story better than i could but i was young uh it might have been my my second season third season of you know legal age hunting sitting in that same exact stand we call it mat stand Mm -hmm. sitting in that stand on the side of this big field and i had a doe come out underneath me and i just barely winged her she takes off into the field. And at this point, I'm just lobbing slugs is <laughs> the best. I mean, it's, it's the best thing I can describe what was going on is I'm lobbing slugs. On the fifth slug, I think I hit her in the back leg. She starts running in a circle. And I'm reloading. And I'm just throwing more slugs. I mean, she's at 125 yards, open sight shotgun. Mm. <laughs> You're, I mean it's that's luck (laughs) that's and i'm just lobbing slugs finally on the this is where the story changes depending on who you talk to it was somewhere between the 14th and the 17th shot oh my gosh gosh. (laughs) and this is a slug gun limited to three it's a five you can put five five. yeah and this is somewhere between 14 and 17 is where i finally piled her up um and i ended up i had technically hit her three times throughout the 14 to say i think it was 14 dad says 17 mind you everybody that hunts in our hunting camp we all hunt the same hundred and 
hundred and maybe twenty five acres. So everybody can hear me. <laughs> they can hear the small war oh, I have man. going on in the middle of the property, but nobody can see. We don't have radios. You're not talking to anybody. They, you know what I mean? They can just hear me unloading. <laughs> so you can imagine I'm, I don't know, 15, 14, or whatever I was. Yeah. Everybody in the hunting party is now out of their stands coming to figure out what is going on. To which I had to explain the entire situation, and I still to this day have not lived down that moment. Oh, I'm sure. That's a learning experience, though. But our deer camps, I mean, our deer camps consist of, uh, my, my specific one was me and my dad. It was, when I was younger, my uncle and my two cousins, our, our buddy who lives right there by our hunting property that sort of helps manage, and, and his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, was, there were times where, I mean, there was 13, 14 people at our deer camp, and you know, typically they are more male dominated, at least in my experience, they were more male dominated, but it was, it was a big growing point in my life. I don't know if that's the, the, well, yeah, you call it, it, it it just, that was the guy time. They're hard lessons. That was, I mean, sleepless nights, long days in the tree stand, just cold again, we're in Wisconsin. So, I mean, it's cold, um, but I mean, I'd, I'd never, I would never, ever, ever give it up. Um, what are you doing, Nick? I'm trying to be sly. Well, he can't see from over there. I oh, know. I can't see that screen real good. Oh, nice. So just say what you want to say. Oh, Nick. We can, I was just letting you know, we can go to a break. Oh, let's if, go to, if, if you were done, it, you let's know. go to break then. Dang, Nick. man. He takes cuts t- you off. Take us to break, Nick. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just letting you know we're ready whenever you are. Well, you know, apparently, well, I, apparently we're ready. Nick's if, ready. If Nick's going to Houston with us, I mm. think we need to have some more fun with Nick. Okay. Oh, my gosh. All right. Per Nick's request, <laughs> we're going to take a break. You are listening to Back to Lodge on 100.9 The Farm. Hey, let's just be honest. No one can ever completely beat a mature whitetail census. But if you play your cards right, you can fool them. Now, for all the work you put into getting this close, make sure the camo you choose is up to the task. Mossy Oak, made for moments like this. When you purchase an Icy Tech cooler, not only are you getting the best and original Rotomold cooler for your barbecue, your kid's graduation party, or maybe even the boat, but your proceeds from that purchase go on to help Gold Star families receive grief counseling retreats so they can heal and get a little piece of their heart back. So they can have the same quality of life that we share. Icy Tick, USA. 100.9 The Farm, and we are back to the lodge. So I was holding on to this story. This is another one of, not my one of the first stories, but this was a late season story. So in Ohio, our gun season back then was kind of like yours. It was week long. It started on a, I believe a Monday and went till Sunday. So it was actually only seven days. And that's always the weekend or the week after Thanksgiving. So in Ohio, it's always a big deal. You got Thanksgiving on Thursday, Ohio State versus Michigan on Saturday. Deer season starts, our gun season starts Monday. Well, we wanted to go out for, um, it was 
late muzzleloader. So this is mid-January. And my father and I were going on this trip together at a friend's lodge deer camp down in southern Ohio, down in actually Belmont County, if I remember correctly. And he, I know he's still awake. <laughs> he's probably listening to this show, so he's going to be like, you're a butt. But I'm going to tell this story because this is this is one of these miserable <laughs> deer stories that you just don't forget. We go driving down, and it is snowing like crazy. We've already probably got a foot to a foot and a half of snow. And we're trudging through. Part of the drive, there's a very steep downgrade hill. And I'm actually meeting my dad there. I'm driving up from the Washington, D.C. area. He's driving down from northern Ohio. So he's warning me, like, hey, when you go down these roads, it's going to be really slick, super icy. And it was. I mean, there were spots in there that if you didn't have four-wheel drive, you were going to bite the dust. It was, it was pretty steep. Mm. So we get into this deer camp, and it's a farm, an old farm. And it was family friends of ours that allowed us to go down there. And it's cold. I mean, we're talking 20 below zero cold. And I've, I've hunted in 20 below before. Actually, it wasn't too long before that in Coshocton, Ohio. And I sat all day. It was, to me, it's beautiful. If you're a northern, northern boy, you're used to it. You can mm-hmm. <laughs> you bundle up. You know how to dress base layer, mid layer, outer layer. So I'm dressed for the weather. I'm ready for this. So they had turned everything off in the, in the in the hunt. We'll call it the house, the farmhouse, whatever. Mm. They turn all the power off. You know, the water's, you know, removed and RV antifreeze poured down everything. So we're dewinterizing the house so we can stay in it for the weekend. Sure. So Pops goes in and flips the breaker on for the hot water tank before we turn the water on. Oh. So we have now a burnt up coil and no hot water. This is going to be a long weekend. So he can't he couldn't quite figure it out. We realized the coil burnt up, which he replaced. You know, he's a good guy. He took care of it. So it's freezing cold. It's a pot belly stove in the dining room area of the kitchen. It's kind of like a little open kitchen area. Mm. And he goes and stokes the fire, gets it going. It will not crack the temperature in this house. Like the little kitchen area within we'll call it like a 15 foot radius mm. is comfortable. 60s yeah beyond that there's icicles oh so we're like man this is gonna be rough <laughs> <laughs> so we find a tarp and we tarped off the kitchen from the rest of the house mm. and we're like we're gonna have to sleep on this kitchen floor like this is how it's gonna be i brought my sleeping bag i'm ready to go we'll rough it we're men you know oh yeah so we're setting up our sleeping area and we go to sleep with my feet Almost touching the kettle on this pot belly stove. I mean, I'm that close to it. <laughs> and I do move a little bit in my sleep, and I'm like, I, I hope I don't touch the stove in my sleep. <laughs> my dad just texted me. I won't say what he said because it's not appropriate. <laughs> so, you poophead. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we get up in the morning, and it's beautiful. If, if you've ever seen fresh powder snow that's two feet deep or more, and that sun is just glaring in the morning. It is beautiful. And my dad actually took a really good picture of me. I still have it. Walking out. And I look like the Michelin man, dude. I'm ready. <laughs> and he locks up the house. And we go to head out. And he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and I said, what? And he goes, I locked the keys in the house. 
I'm oh. like, well, that's not good because my cell phone's in there and my truck keys are in there and your car keys are in there. What are we going to do? <laughs> I mean, okay, let me back this up a little bit. This cabin is miles from civilization. Oh, I'm no. talking like 30, 40 miles from civilization. It, it, we're not talking a one-day walk. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're, I'm, I'm already thinking smoke signals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> well, he happened to have his cell phone on him. And he's like, well, maybe I'll call the owner. His name is Mark. He goes, I'll call Mark and see if he's got a spare key anywhere. Well, Mark's at work. He can't have his phone. So we're like, um, I don't think we better hunt right now. I think we need to figure out what we're going to do. Well, cl- dark clouds are rolling in. Dark clouds when it's that cold. And now it's midday, so it is warming up a little bit, but it's still just below freezing. So we get an ice storm, and it's freezing rain pouring down. And as soon as it touches whatever it touches, it's it's solid. Mm. My dad's helping with the show. He just texts me. He goes, and there was frost on the inside of the windows. <laughs> yes, there was, there was frost darn near icicles on the windows. <laughs> So we can't get a hold of Mark. We are starting to freak out. We are freezing cold at this point. If you've ever stood in the outdoor open freezing rain for more than three hours, hypothermia is starting to set in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll get through this. I'm worst case scenario, I'm going to start a fire somewhere, and and we're going to stay warm, and we'll get through it. You know, figure it out. Well, it's coming down pretty hard. <laughs> So I go down to this, there's a barn, like an old horse barn up this hill. And I'm like, man, there's got to be something in here, tools, anything. Well, Mark calls my dad back. He goes, yeah, there's no spare key. Uh, Well, this cabin is a good three and a half hours from our hometown. So the only way Mark's going to let us in is after he gets off work, which is in like seven hours, have to drive three and a half hours down just to unlock the door. So... He says, hey, there's no insulation or drywall in the laundry area, so you can actually take apart the house yeah. and get in. <laughs> so I'm sifting through this barn looking for tools, and I find about a two-inch, I call them knuckle busters. Stubby. Stubby Phillips screwdriver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am taking the drywall screws out from the lap siding, out from the particle mm-hmm. board, to climb up off my dad's, him giving me a boost, through about a three-foot hole in the wall between the studs. By the time I got in there, I was hurting so bad. My fingers were, they were almost bleeding because the rainwater on the roof had just enough heat from the potbelly stove to melt. So that cold water is dripping down on my hands along the side of the wall. My fingertips are just, they're almost brown at this point because I'm starting to get mm. burns. And I finally shimmied in there. We get in there, and by, by then I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> Like this, this sucks. So <laughs> I go in there and unlock the front door. He's like, "Well, should we go hunt?" Uh, I'm like, well, that's what we came here to do. So I mean, we might as well go out and hunt. And we went out to stand. I was so miserable. I was so, I was cold. It was the first time I was ever shivering in the stand. And that's once you get to that point where you've been sweating and you break that first sweat yeah. and you're, you're out done. in the freeze rain. You're done. You're going to get hypothermia. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to get hypothermia, and I recognized it right away uh, because of past training. And I went inside and sat by the, the kettle. My dad had come walking in later that night. We saw like two doe on the trail walking back. And we said, look, we're, we're done. Yeah. We've already burned up the hot water coil. I'm freezing to death. I'm pretty sure I got hypothermia. Uh, 
I am, and there's no hot water, so it's really difficult to warm up even by that stove without touching it because you can actually warm yourself up too fast yep. and cause damage. Mm. So, yep, I was sitting in the truck for about two hours, and then we ended up leaving town. So well, up up north, I mean, the cold is no joke. No, nope. people always say, Matt, why? You know, you're so used to the cold. You're from up north. It no, still sucks. That means that I know the importance of a good jacket. Yep. And that I know the importance of going to pre-start your vehicle 15 minutes before you got to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. That's what that means. But you do learn when hunting in the cold. I, I don't care how cold I am on the walkout because I will walk out there without my bibs on, without my oh, jacket yeah, on, just, just so and stay sweat. cold. And when you start feeling your heart, your your uh, blood pressure rising, just, your heart heart's racing, slow down, stop. Yep. Keep that sweat do away. Do break that sweat. And then when you get to the stand is when you finally put your layers on. Yep. If if like Patrick said, that first sweat, there is nothing you can do at that point. I mean, when that wind's ripping, I will actually. And that was the same year Under Armour came out with 3.0. Yeah. And I I spent the stupid amount of money to oh, get a yeah. pair. I had it too. I think I paid eighty dollars for my Long John pants plus eighty dollars for the top. And I learned at a young age when you bundle up like that, I would walk real slow. Yep. I would just take my time, pace myself. And get to the stand because, like I said, you break that sweat, you are done. I don't care what you're wearing. So that was our that was our father son bonding moment, and it definitely was one I'll never ever forget. And just like as soon as I started saying it, he texted me, he says, "You poophead." So well, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this story, but here's my dad's story. Um, and this was before I was around, mm-hmm. but it's a story in which. It's important for everybody to learn this if they already don't know this, but um, it happened before I was around. My dad's told the story a few times. I know I'm going to butcher it, which is why I am not going to even tell the end of it, because at some point we'll have our dads on or with us and they can tell some of these stories. My, well, we'll have to pre-record my dad. No, <laughs> but I, the, my dad was hunting a long time ago, heavy snowstorm. It wasn't our property. I don't remember whose property it was. But he was, I think he was tracking. I know which deer he was tracking because it was the biggest deer that was on his wall mm-hmm. up until the, the really nice one he shot last year, two years ago. Um, but so that's the moral story. I mean, my dad ends up getting the deer, but I think he shot it from a stand and he was down tracking this deer. Blood in fresh snow, easy to track, but now there's a blizzard. Mm-hmm. And something happened. My dad tripped. And when he tripped, the gun went barrel down into the snow and he didn't think or I, I don't I don't exactly know what transpired right there. But a few steps later, the deer stands up. Oh, God, they're going to say something worse. No, my, the deer stands up and my dad draws down on the deer, shoots, shoots the deer. Deer falls. But he realizes that his sight picture is completely different than what it was before he pulled that trigger. Hmm. And what had happened was there was something in the barrel from when he tripped and that entire barrel, banana peeled back on him. I bet the longest peel on that on that barrel is 16 inches. Oh, wow. I mean, oh, it my. almost peels back further than the back of the barrel. Wow. He still has that barrel. He actually took it to my hunter safety course. My dad took the course. He already had it, but he sat in it with me. Sure, sure. And during one of the you know lessons that they taught, my dad pulled out that barrel to help you know instruct the importance of keeping your muzzle clean. Yeah. And and that's what happened. Something got in that barrel, that's and when that round important. tried to pass that piece of that mud, whatever it was, I mean, it could have been almost anything. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. It peeled that peeled that barrel. The round still went down range and killed the deer. Yeah, but that barrel could came that, bar- that barrel bananaed on him, 
and I mean it happens. And it, it's it, it's it's crazy how perfectly symmetrical those can look when they do that and the curl to the, it. This one, it's definitely the width of the peels. Did it break the bottom of the stock? No, like the forward. No, nope. wow. nope. the way I understand it, it was still on the rifle. No kid. But the the width of the peels are the same general width, but there are definitely some that peeled back further than the others. Oh, yeah. I can get my you dad to send to a picture. It's, it's, it is really a... I've seen them where they bowstring, and it almost yep. turns into a bow. It's perfectly symmetrical top to bottom. This, I mean, it probably has, I don't know, seven strands, six strands, if you want to call them strands, banana wow. peels peeling back. It's. I mean, it's... That's scary, man. It's something. That is definitely scary. And I mean, I've, I've definitely never heard anything like that. The worst, the worst nerve I've ever had was my powder get wet during muzzleloader. And you fire it, and yeah. nothing, nothing happens. <laughs> or you hear it sizzling. Yep. I mean, it's just like, oh no, yep. oh, what's going to happen? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because like, now you're done. Yep. You're not. You're not reloading. You're just going to sit and wait, keep it in a safe distance, and hope you don't scare them off and get it cleared. And, but it usually doesn't go that it's way. It's like firing so. a forty mic, mic, and you know that the primer got struck. <laughs> yeah. But nothing came out keep the other it in end. A safe direction. Like, oh god. Oh god. Now I got to take it out and get it. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when you touch that thing, it's yeah. like, let me just set this on the ground and walk away from it. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. No, this year was uh, definitely a different story. So I was out with Matt Roberts. We were in uh, one of his blinds um, here in Carroll County. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not go any further than yeah, that. Yeah, we're not going any further than that because he's got a great spot and loving to death. So he takes me out. I only had, I think I had two days um, for sure that I knew I could get out for bow season. Well, it was actually like an overlap bow muzzleloader. Right. And he had his muzzleloader. He was covering... We'll just call it the back half of the the blind. I'm covering the first half of the blind, and I've got a bow. He's got his muzzle loader, and he says, uh, "Do you want to fill a tag? Do you want to get some meat?" I said, "Absolutely. That's why I'm here." So he goes, "Okay, there's a doe coming. If you want meat, there's there's a doe coming." I said, "Okay." Well, I didn't want to turn because of the windows. He's like, "I'll just tell you when." So I crouch down, <laughs> do the you know the the quiet shuffle. Everybody does the quiet I hope that shuffle. Everybody is picturing a six-six man crouching down. <laughs> well, Matt's not short either. Matt's probably no. about the same height as me. If not, no, he's not six-six. He's got to be like six-four easily. Mm, I don't even think he's six-four. He's, I mean, he's six-two. I bet. Matt message us. I know you're probably no. He's probably working. <laughs> but anyways, he's up there. But anyways, he says, yeah. Just I'll let you know. So I I do the squat and, and the hunter shuffle. You know that, and like you move your chair real quietly and. So I'm like ready. I'm like a like a cat in the pounce position. Got my bow ready, and he's like, "Okay, now." And I pop up in the window, and I see a doe, and I let the arrow fly. I'm like, "Man, these Tennessee deer are small." <laughs> I thought I shot a big dog. <laughs> I'm like, spots Dude, that left was it yesterday. Yeah. yeah, the spots fell off like yeah. 20 minutes By prior. Impact. I probably yeah. scared the spots off of her. And I'm I'm like, "Dude, really?" He's like, "What? It's me." Now I gotta hand it to him. People have told me this in the past, and I always laughed. Like uh, they say, you know, if you if you do shoot a young deer, the meat is very tender. It really was. Um, it's just weird picking it up by the back legs and throwing it over your shoulder and going home. <laughs> I, think, I think I drug it by the one hoof. And, and poor me being out of shape, you know, because I like chocolate cake. I was still winded. <laughs> I, I, I was still working at my other job when you shot that. Yeah, my last job, and you called me like Matt. Yeah, you had a great butcher for me. Find me a local butcher. Find yeah. me somebody that can make some sausage, make whatever. Yep. So I sent you over to Waverly, to or... Wallace Taxidermy. There's a plug for old David Wallace. 
Okay, I'm glad you told me the name because I was going to ask you. So for yeah. this year, if I do get a chance to get out, I'm oh, gonna... he's a he's a heck of a taxidermist too. Now oh, this time awesome. of year, now the deer season's open, he stays covered up in butchering. Oh critters, yeah, he was but, busy when I was there. I mean, he's done. He's done. My, he bleached a bear skull for me. I mean, he does. He does very, very, very good. I work. mean, his, his handiwork and the processing was very yep. good. I was very impressed. I was spoiled growing up uh, because we had a guy that actually did same day service. So you pop in, the garage door rolls up, and it's like. You'd swear it was like you know the the meat packing plant yeah. for like Tyson Foods. It was that clean and <laughs> sterile and white. And these guys, there's a crew of them in there. They're jamming out to like Godsmack. <laughs> they're just going to town. So you back your truck up. They've got the hoist. They hoist it out of the truck. You pull up to the street and park. Then you just sit at the picnic tables. Skins it, quarters it, goes to the next station. That guy starts cutting the steaks, pulls the meat off for ground goes to the next station and you're you watch your tray that's crazy just go from station to station the it's last, a great idea yeah the next guy's running it through the grinder he's bagging it sealing it taping it goes to the next station they're taping it see air sealing it and putting a brown bag sure. next station's tagging the meat putting you know the label on it tenderloin backstrap i'm like man this is so cool and it was 75 bucks yeah i'm like <laughs> this is cool that's about what david got you for yeah it was, it was like 75 bucks it was like 75 to 90 I, it wouldn't have mattered yeah. i would have paid up to a hundred, obviously, for what he did, and it was just simple quartering and ground. But um, that I was spoiled, so to, to find him, I was very pleased, and he did a great job. But uh, that was my puppy story for the year. It was not not my proudest moment, but it's truly the only opportunity I got at one. I mean, I didn't see another one. Right. I did get a chance to get out. A friend of ours offered for me to hunt on his property. Um, I went out there twice. And I didn't see anything, but uh, so yeah. So if you want me to come hunt with you this year, give us a call. <laughs> My number is. <laughs> so, no, I've had a couple people offer. I just, either they're too far away, you know, time. Time what? is always the biggest what? battle. I, I, that's, I'm, I'm working on a new property right now. And yeah, I'm, you what know kind of goes. time, I don't have you, I don't even know that I'm going to have time to hunt. It sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it is what it is. I mean, But we're having fun. We still went out, we got some doves this year. Yep. But, uh, and Nick got to, you know, enjoy the doves. He, he got too. I don't think he had a license. You may get in trouble, Nick. I don't know. Uh-oh. Uh oh, <laughs> Nick on a stick did really good. I bet he did. I bet he did. <laughs> I mean, the... have you ever dove hunted before? I actually haven't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you got that under your belt. You can check that off. Yeah, I have now. <laughs> Pictures to prove it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are a great shot, by the way. Great. Hey, I appreciate that. Do you want to know why? Because huh. I was holding you the whole time. <laughs> That's why you were so that, good. That's disturbing. He, he was hip firing with one hand and holding Nick on a stick with the other. And still just, I mean, slaying the doves. Thank you. You're really good, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. But that's still disturbing. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what my dad just said. He said, how about the gal who said nice rack to you? Uh, I think he's referring to the buck that I... Oh. Okay. How are we doing in time? Let's take a quick break because yeah, that story. Because I, I think this is this is the rigor story. So uh-huh. <laughs> you've seen the picture, yeah. So Nick hasn't. We'll yeah, talk I about that known. when we come back because that's another embarrassing moment for me. We'll 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 call this the embarrassing Patrick Day. So nice. I've got one that's not quite embarrassing for me. It's just a, it's the Texas story I told you while we were in Texas on oh on the ranch almost yeah that one. It's a it's a good story. I could have ended badly. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I just would have spent the night in the stand. I, I mean, I was not getting down. Oh, that story. Yeah, that I thought you were talking about the other story. I mean, there's a lot of stories. But 
the one where you almost became a casualty. Oh, no, I'm not going to tell you that story. Okay. Fair enough. All right, when we come back, more embarrassment from uh, the Icy Lodge. <laughs> You're listening to Back to Lodge on 100.9 The Farm. This country was born to believe in something larger than itself, a belief that the citizens within it could accomplish anything. From defeating an empire to sending a man to the moon, we built cities, formed the land, and through this an original spirit was born that has forged friendships, been celebrated, and at times been the cause of debate. We might not always agree, but there is one thing we can all agree on, love of country and love of a fine bourbon. America Bourbon, vet-owned and made proudly in the USA, available nationwide at most leading retailers and at americabourbon.com. Get up! Woo! Look at there! This moment was brought to you by Higdon Outdoors, a leader in the waterfowl industry for over 25 years. Check us out at higdonoutdoors.com. Higdon Outdoors has been helping waterfowl hunters make the most of their time in the field for over 25 years. We are a family-owned company and we're proud to serve duck and goose hunters just like you. We make high-quality, innovative decoys and hunting products that you can afford, helping you focus on what's really important. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Innovation. Quality. Customer service. That's Higdon Outdoors. Get real. Get Higdon. 100.9 The Farm, we're back to the lodge. So we're talking about our funny (laughs) or memorable hunt stories. Um, We've got a few messages from folks. We're going to read over them. Look, if you want to win something, we'll tell you what it is as we get closer. But uh, send us your funny hunting trip. I guess we'll we'll, we'll do... Yeah, well, let's just keep it to hunting. I was going to say fishing, too, but... We can do a different fishing episode later. Yeah, this is opening weekend, you know, last weekend. So send us your funny hunt story. And the funniest one, we will... uh, Give you something we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, for funny stories, um, so fears back, and I, I love my father to death. He's trying to text me like bits of memories of stories. And I kind of remember some of them, but they just didn't stand out as that memorable. He probably thought it was funnier than I did. I was actually kind of insulted by the one he's talking about. And what it was was like when I got up this one buck, it was it was a decent, it's the one up at the shop. Mm-hmm. It's probably about, a, I don't know, 115 inch. Yeah, one, yeah 115, 120. It's so, it, like it's, a super average yeah, typical. Not it's a very nice deer, but when you yeah. see a mounted deer, it's a very average mounted deer. Yeah, typical yeah. 120 inch yeah. point. You Beautiful, know, ear to ear, symmetrical, spread. really good looking. Deer. So I had gone to a gas yeah. station, and look, I when I got out of the military, I decided. Well, it's probably a couple years after I was a defense contractor because we didn't have to take a fitness test. Um, <laughs> I love chocolate cake, man. I can't. <laughs> I, I had I can't a joke, and I didn't. It's fine. It's we look. It is what it is. I'm, I'm going to take care of myself here soon. That's what I'm working on. I've got my gym membership. I'm ready to do my thing. Where does and, soon uh, fall on a calendar? I've never seen soon on a calendar. It's after we get done with all this stuff. And, and there's nothing else going on. <laughs> but anyways, I've got a little jiggle sometimes in, in when I had worse parts of my life. And Anyways, <laughs> it's not just you. Me and oh, you have had a gym membership for two months yeah. that we swore we were going to start. And me and you have not been in the gym. But we're going. We promised Rick we're going. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. I'm at this gas station filling up. And, and this chick, she was cute. And she walks by and she goes, hey. And she peeks in the truck. She goes, nice rack. Uh-oh. But I didn't see her peek in the truck. And I, I guess this was really funny to my dad. <laughs> and then her truck had a bigger 
deer. (laughs) (laughs) Should have married her. (laughs) But if I would have said nice rack, you'd probably get slapped. Maybe (laughs) maybe not for her. She she started that innuendo joke. I bet you've been all right. I'm not as outgoing as you. Oh, I said it. Slap or not. You have no shame. (laughs) What is that? No shame. Pride? (laughs) What's that? Matt's like, never heard of her. So anyways, that was the story. But... Now, a different trip that I did remember, and I, that's what I was talking about before the break, is the the bigger biggest eight point I ever got. And that's the other one up on the other wall at the shop. Uh, it's probably a good 140 inch eight point, typical, you know, especially for Ohio deer. They're pretty good body size. And I had hit this deer. Um, I still had my my compound, and I had tore my rotator cuff probably. Four months. I was actually in the gym <laughs> taking care of last year's problem. <laughs> so, anyways, I tore my rotator cuff doing pull ups and it hurt. I mean, it was still sore. I didn't have surgery or anything like that, but I had to let it heal while well, I'm out there for bow season and it hurt. Every time I drew hurt, but I could get through it. Well, this buck was coming down the hillside in front of me and there's no cover. So I had to go to full draw pretty early mm. and I'm just waiting for this thing to turn. And he's coming straight towards the stand. He'd stop every five feet, brush his antlers in the tree. You know, he wasn't chasing. He wasn't on. He wasn't trailing a doe. And I'm like, man, this is starting to hurt. But I don't want to let off because he's looking right at me. So it probably took a good five minutes, almost seven to ten. And when you are in full draw and you've got a, a worn, we won't call it tour because it wasn't tour by then. But a worn rotator cuff. You're hurting. I had mm. tears coming out of my eyes. And he turned quartering two. And I thought it was enough. And I honestly couldn't tell you if I hit the release or I couldn't hold it anymore. I, I really was at that point. I don't know. And I'm not going to say I let the arrow go. I think I may have just been like, I can't do this anymore. And I hit him quartering two, which was a long hit. And it came out. A little low on the backside because of the angle from the stand. He was only 20 yards away. I mean, it was a good shot. He turns around and goes up the hill. I'm like, well, that's good because it'll be easier to track. Well, he gets to the top of the hill. And now he's eye level with me at the stand on the top of the hill. I'm about 15, 20 feet up. It's a pretty tall stand. It wasn't a ladder stand. It was a man-made stand. And, and when I say stand, true stand, I want to clarify that because y'all down here call stand blinds stands. <laughs> These are open stands. Right. So... I'm eye level with him, and he looks at me, and he does the start weaving side to side, the heads bobbing. I'm like, oh, must have been a heart shot. He's going down right here, like right now. Here we go. And I see his head go down. I'm like, yes. I've got a little bit of a shake going on. I've been in full draw for almost 10 minutes, and it was the biggest hate point I ever got. Well, my buddy had apparently texted me. And I obviously was not checking my phone because I was a little preoccupied. So I pulled my phone out. I'm still shaking. And it says, hey, buddy, haven't seen anything. I'm heading in for breakfast. I'm like, I text him back. I said, no, don't come down this trail. I just got an eight point. And as soon as I hit send, I hear his four-wheeler start up. I'm like, oh, no. And he's coming up the trail right where this buck is laying down. So he jumps it. He comes up, and I'm waving, like, no, don't come down here. I'm waving my arms like a, a ground handler for the airline, yeah. like marshaling in a plane. I'm like, stop. The buck gets up and hightails it down the mountain. I'm like, oh, crap. 
So he gets to the house and he sees my text. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you didn't know. It is what it is. Well, he comes back with the, uh, the dog and the dog was with him. <coughs> and he didn't think that the dog would be an issue. As soon as he pulled up, the dog gets off and runs down the mountain where the deer had gone. Jumped the deer again and the deer, deer took off. Oh. I'm like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> so I said, well, let me go see where I hit it. So I walked to the other. Um, there's a valley in between us. So think of a U. I'm on one side. The deer is on the other. I go over there. I find my arrow. A little bit of trail up the mountain. By then, nothing. Nothing. Now, if you've ever lost a deer in your life, especially a buck, it is the most, and you're an ethical hunter, it is the most sickening feeling in the world. You will hate yourself. You won't be able to eat. You won't be able to sleep. It is awful. And I've had that feeling before, and this was not going to happen again. We looked for six hours and could not find trail anywhere. And my buddy says to me, he goes, look, you're looking for a needle in a haystack, bud. Things happen. Maybe you got a bad shot. I said, no, it's not, it's not an option. I have very keen senses, by the way. And Matt's picked up on this. I can hear things far away, smell things far away. It's usually myself. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I can taste things, like culinary-wise, I can pick up on flavors most people can't. So we go up to the house, and I get my four-wheeler, and go riding through the trails on this property. It's 400 acres or so. I mean, it's decent size, but not huge. So I take the highest trail looking down, and then I take another trail that's not as high so I can see down the valleys. And I'm thinking, you know, if it's wounded, it's going to be bedded down near water. So I check all the water spots, nothing there. I get on this trail. I am now, call it eight hours later, eight hours from the time I hit it, coming back on the trail. Now, I remembered when I went to recover my arrow, it was in peak rut, and I could smell the scent. I don't know what the proper word is. Musk. The musk, yes. The musk of the buck, which, if you don't know what that is, it's like a bitter pea smell, <laughs> a dehydrated <laughs> pea smell. So I'm coming back on the trail on the four-wheeler, and I'm hauling butt. I mean, I'm moving. I'm not crawling. I'm covering ground, and I catch wind of it, and I went... I smell them. And I put the four-wheel in reverse, and I just go down that same trail, and I smell it again. I'm like, I look up. I'm on a ridge. So I got up to my right, down to my left. I look up to the right. I see nothing. I'm trying to figure out where the wind's coming from. And I look to the left, and he's standing probably four feet from, like me to you, Nick, four mm -hmm. feet from me, mm -hmm. motionless. And he's got his head tucked behind a tree. And he's still doing the weave. I'm like, oh, man, he's, this isn't good. So I shut the four-wheeler off. I don't know what else to do. I'm making all this noise. <laughs> so right. he's in shock. I'm like, all right, I found him. This is amazing. Well, in Ohio, you can down the deer after you shut just like you did. Yeah. And you put a second shot. Well, I forgot anything. I didn't have my sidearm. I didn't oh. have a bow. So I'm like, I'll call my buddy and tell him to bring me my bow. Yeah, I had no signal. So I just sat there and watched it was not a good feeling so i'm like you know what he wasn't spooked by the four-wheeler i can see where he's at let me get to higher ground so i take the four-wheeler started up he bolted a little bit down the hill maybe about 100 yards wasn't horrible and i got up to where i had cell phone signal i got a hold of him i said look i need you to bring me my bow he goes no problem so he comes down the deer takes off again oh my god so him and i track it now and at this point it's cold it clotted so we have to visually keep eyes on it 
11 o'clock that night. Mind you, I hit him at 7.30 in the morning. We finally find him. Found a creek all the way to the back of the property. We can't drag him out. There's no way. We're, we're talking. His property is very linear and thin, so it's kind of like the shape of Tennessee. It's long one way, short the other. Mm. So we make the decision to drag it the opposite direction, away from our camp to the nearest road, and then bury it in leaves. As we're burying it in leaves, we hear a truck coming, and there's a shotgun hanging out the window. And in Ohio, I don't know if you guys call them up north the same or here, we call them heater hunters, poachers. And they're driving around with a barrel out the door. Like, it's completely illegal. But here's the thing. We are, again, in ding, 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 Ohio, and there's a possibility he might actually shoot at us because Mm -hmm. nobody's going to know. There's no plates on this truck. It's somebody's farm truck. So Mark says, get down, get down. You got your camo on, get down. So we get down in this muddy creek, face down. And he looks over, and I forgot I had Hunter Orange on my back. He rips it off my back, buries underneath him, and throws leaves on me, and he just jumps in the creek. I mean, up to his neck in water. It's cold. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this truck comes up, he slows down, and he keeps going. I'm like, that sucked. So we get up, we take as much leaves and branches as we can, we cover it. I mean, it's it's past. Mm. And then we walk in the dark with no flashlights, because <laughs> we didn't think, you know, it's 7.30 in the morning, you need a flashlight for this. And we head back. Took us quite a while. I want to say it's probably now 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And we get in his Polaris Ranger and drive the county line all the way around. We're talking like a 30-minute drive. And we get to where we hid the buck. It's gone. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Somebody, and we think it was the heater hunter, either grabbed it and drug it closer to the road, or it got a second wind somehow, you know, post-neuro. You know, they, mm-hmm. they can have convulsions or kicked its way there. But somebody brought it closer to the road and was coming back to get it. So we grabbed it, threw it in the Polaris. I think I went to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning, almost 20, 22 hours after I hit this bar. So I'm so exhausted, we hang it up in the barn. The same barn that I got the screwdriver from in the other story. So it's hanging up in the barn. You know, They're saying, congratulations. You know, It's a great buck. You've seen it, Matt. Mm-hmm. And we hung it up, and I'm gonna, I decide I'm going to leave the next day so I can get this thing back and do what I need to do. I don't want, I don't want to get another tag because I've, that's enough meat for me, obviously. Mm. And I'm not a greedy hunter. I never have been. Take, take what you can use and nothing more, unless you're doing you know, the charity, like Hunters for the Hungry or Harvest for the Hungry, which they are great programs. But uh, rigor had set in on this, this deer that had been hanging. And obviously, it's hanging from its hind legs through a gimbal up in the rafters. If you've ever done this, you'll understand that when rigor sets in a deer, however it was hanging is how it's staying. Yep. So I pulled it down, and this is a big buck. We're talking its head was probably a good five and a half, six feet off the ground. I mean, tall body. You saw the picture. Yeah. If I stood at it, it was taller than me. I mean, that's that's your typical like steroid horse deer in southern Ohio. And I can't fit him in my truck unless I 
saw the legs off, which I'm not ready to do yet. I, you don't want to cut your meat with rigor. You want it to completely go and then let it age and do your thing. So I can't fit it in the bed of my truck. Plus, I have all my crap and my boxes of, you know, totes from my camo. And so I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I trailered the four-wheeler down, and I decide I'm going to put this on the four-wheeler, straddling the four-wheeler side to side. The head is sitting perfectly up, looking at you. The tail is perfectly straight up. Its booty hole is whistling as I go down the road. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, I've got a long drive home, so I, I did wrap a bungee cord around the antler so it wouldn't flop in case, you know, it started to get soft again. I can't tell you how many car accidents almost happen from southern Ohio to northern Ohio because people were driving by me and see this deer looking like Superman flying on the side. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about a deer, but their backside tends to open up after they've passed. And If you were coming up on the driver's side, you got to see the head of the deer. If you came up on the passenger side, it whistled at you. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to describe it. But um, that was a work story. That was, that was put in the work. You know, practice, practice, practice. If you, you know what, you and I have talked about this before, Matt. Um, you know, I, I do not fault anybody who uses a crossbow anymore because if you've had an injury, it's still a bow and it's getting you outdoors. And there's also folks who have disabilities. I, I'm not against crossbows. I've used a crossbow in the last couple of years because I don't ever want to take that bad shot again. And I'm not. I'm. I don't know. I'm not as convicted that you are on the look. If if that's what gets you out in the woods, I am more than exactly. Happy, but I'm I'm still and I'm just a hard headed. I'll use bow a bow hunter. Yeah, I'll use where a I feel leader. if you have the ability to keep that bow drawn. I I don't know. It's just it's where my head's at, and I mean I'm coming around a little bit to it, but I don't know. To me, to me, bow hunting is a vertical bow. Yep. And, and and I respect both ways. I felt the same way as you. The older we get, the more injuries we get. You know, if, if you can't hold full draw, the ninety percent right. of the season's gone. When it comes to a handicap, there is absolutely I have zero issue with it. Period. Mm. If you're getting up in age, if you have bad shoulder, pro- I have yeah. no issue when it comes to any of it those. It was actually things. a concern of mine when we went bow fishing, right? And because you, that's such you, quick draw, then quick you learn we're only pulling seventeen pounds. Yeah, so. it was wasn't bad, but <laughs> so. it was a concern of mine. No, you know, it I'm was. Like, it was. Look, I can draw a bow and I can shoot a bow. You want me to hold full draw for seven minutes? I'm in pain. Like yeah. I'm in serious pain. You you didn't hold full draw in a in <laughs> a seconds. in a in a six hour bow fishing trip. You didn't hold seven minutes the entire trip. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a lot easier. Yeah, but. So yeah, so you were writing notes. You got another one. Well, Nick, how much time we have till we have to hit top of the hour? We got five minutes. Uh, this next break is six minutes. So let's hit it then. You want to go to break? Yeah, we'll go to top of the hour. Yeah. Okay. Take it away. Do it again. Do it again. No. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Yeah, it's Nick's turn. Nate, me, Kermit can take us to break. Kermit, <laughs> you're listening to Back to the Lodge. On 100.9, the farm. (laughs) Hey, let's just be honest. No one can ever completely beat a mature whitetail census. But if you play your cards right, you can fool them. Now, for all the work you put in to getting this close, 
make sure the camo you choose is up to the task. Mossy Oak, made for moments like this. IC Tech now has tumblers and apparel. Check out ictech.com or visit the Hardware House in Huntingdon, Bennett's Hardware of McKenzie, or Rev Power Sports in Jackson to find all your IC Tech coolers and accessories. IC Tech, the classic roto molded cooler that started an entire industry. 100% veteran owned and operated. IC Tech USA. 100.9 The Farm. We're back to the lodge. Nick's giggling at something. I was, I had that musician's laugh about the, that little last bit of singing he had. Ah, uh, it was really random. I didn't have my headset on yet, and you just started giggling. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it happens. It happens. <laughs> How's Arnold doing, by the way? Who? Arnold. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. We may have to, we may have to bring him out. You'll have to find the right moment. Okay, that's your job for tonight. Oh, okay. For tonight. Okay. Just to find the right moment. All right. All right. So, Matt, you've got something uh, that's been well, a couple, here. couple things that you said in that last story about the hard recovery you had on that deer. Um, I got as, and I still am, I, but at one point I was a, as involved as a bow hunter as anybody could possibly be to the point that. I had a property that I hunted for about six years, still have rights to it, but because of the story I'm about to tell, I have not actually even set foot on this property in three years. Um, but I had, I knew the genealogy of all the deer that were on the property. I knew what deer gave birth to what deer, just by the, the rack symmetry and figuring out who the father was. And mm-hmm. I had this deer that I, that I watched from the time, he was about one and a half when I started hunting that property. And I knew at one and a half that he was a deer that I wanted to make sure stuck around for a few years because he had some serious potential. Um, When the deer hit about four and a half, I think he was probably about 130 inch deer. And he was on my list at four and a half years. He was on my list of deer that I would have taken. Saw him a few times. One time I had a great opportunity at him, but the main deer I had on that property was footsteps behind him so i let him walk by could have taken him at any moment in hopes that this other one stepped out um i didn't get an opportunity at that and missed my opportunity at well mega man mega man was the name that i had for this one that i watched so uh he made it through that that winter and it was a really hard winter that year i remember being just terrified every time we had that big 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 ice storm five years ago or, uh, or so and uh, I just, I was terrified he wasn't going to make it through the storm, but he did. Um, got my first trail cam pictures of him in early July. Um, and golly, I mean, this deer at this point, he was 160 plus, just absolutely everything that I wanted him to be and thought that he could be. And now he moved into the number one spot on this property. So I put a lot of time and energy into Mega Man that year. Uh, had a few opportunities at him, uh, bow hunting he always he was outsmarting me he would always be on the other end of the field he would always be a hundred yards away so gun season came and for years and years and years i did not carry a gun in the deer woods because i was such a bow hunting enthusiast that even through gun season i carried a a bow Mm -hmm. 
I was so ate up by Mega Man that I decided that I was carrying a gun the rest of the gun season. And it was the, probably the third hunt that I sat with a rifle. And he stepped out at about 80 yards, perfectly broadside, 15 minutes of legal shooting light left. I squared up on him and just absolutely hammered him. And he did that jump where the back legs kick out. I heard the shot impact. I knew, I mean, at 80 yards with, with well, the gun I had at the time was a 270. I knew that that deer was, I mean, it was done. Watched him pile up in, I mean, the exact same spot where I smoked him. He piled up right there. Hmm. I am shaking. I have, I mean, at this point, look, I had five and a half years invested in this deer. It was everything I wanted him to be. I had just, you know, closed the book on Mega Man, and I was emotional. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got chills right now, just emotional <clears throat> about this deer. So my, my wife knew that I had been insane, like this insanity level about this deer for so long that I wanted her there with me when I recovered the deer. So I back out of the tree stand, I get on the side-by-side, I run home, get my wife, come back down there, and he's gone. Gone. I watched him lay in the same spot for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, not a twitch out of him, nothing. I never laid my hands on, I never walked out to the deer because I wanted the first time I touched him, she was going to be there with me. There was some blood right there where he was laying, it was like it was like aliens beamed him up. There was no tracks. There was no. It was it was a fairly wet morning, so like it was in a cut corner. Well, I think it was a soybean field, so but it was cut. It came and took him. I don't know. I, I don't. I. There are a million different scenarios that run through my head. There is a house that overlooks this field. Um. We have a lot. Of, I mean, around here we have a lot of those heater hunters. Yeah. Um. I have look there there is a never I mean from from I just missed and this big buck duped me and played possum to aliens took them to uh, <laughs> vultures came out at night and ate them in a matter I, I mean I have them there's there he is was probed I mean there is so <laughs> many different things that could have happened with this deer but what absolutely happened is I never got to lay my hands Man, on him that's God. in and you know that feeling I, is so I, sickening I did you sleep that night. No, I well, no, because I was walking through the woods all night because I knew he, I knew he was dead. I knew he was dead. And I knew yeah. that I was going to at that point. All right. So going through my head at the moment was absolutely somebody came down here and took my deer. That is. And still to this day, if I had to put significant money on an option of what happened, somebody took my deer. But what I don't understand and what I'll never understand is there was not a single track. There wasn't a deer track. There wasn't a boot track. There was nothing. Mm. And I. The, the field was wet and muddy enough that I don't understand how nothing left the track. Maybe a really big bird. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody out there that's just re- way smarter than me and just, un- I, I just, there's, I don't, I don't see a, I don't know. I, it, it still bothers me to the point. I had a, <laughs> I had a Summit Viper XD tree stand, which was my favorite climbing stand, still my favorite climbing stand right now. But, you know, it's $300 stand that is still sitting at the base of that tree. That is, I mean, when I gave up looking for that deer, probably, probably 48 hours later, because I I spent significant time the next couple days even looking. Um, When I left that property, that was the last time I left that property. 
I, I have not been back. I, yeah. There's still my tree stand. I'm assuming that tree stand is still at the bottom of that tree. Um, <sighs> you know, it, and I get that because when that happens, you know, you're you're a great dude, and you're you hunt ethically with good morals, and it, that's that's the problem is that when you don't get your recovery, you feel like crap because you feel like that's unethical. You feel like you did something horribly wrong, um, and because you want to respect the animal. And you want to make sure it doesn't suffer. So when you don't recover it, you know, that look, I remember I the first time I did it, it was actually my first buck was the one I didn't recover, and that was in Virginia, down at that same spot. And I had stayed in a motel that weekend. And I remember being up all night stewing, stirring. Like I was even thinking about going to a twenty four hour Walmart that was forty five minutes away to get huge spotlights so I can go look for my deer. I mean, it was just I was thinking all kinds of crazy things. And as soon as daylight broke, I was back out there again for the next two days. So it had been now two and a half days since I took the shot. Um, but you know what? It builds character. And, it, and you know when you take that next shot how critical it is. It is the, to, the, to this point in my life, it is the only deer that I have not recovered. I've had some very long recoveries mm-hmm. that I wish were a lot shorter. But it is the only non-recovered well, truthfully, big game animal that, no. that, I've, that I've ever shot. But you I sure mean, didn't let that jackrabbit get away. No, I did not. <laughs> and and a lot, look, man, a lot of this is still vengeance from Mega Man. Like, I am going to, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if I can, you're not going to see me give up on that animal. It's right. not going to happen. And this was before I was really, here, Nick, I'll show you a picture. That was the last picture I had of Mega Man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. just I mean, just an absolutely perfect. I mean, just uh, very tall. Yeah, I when I purged my phone of photos like a month ago, you couldn't. Do that it. was one of the ones that I hesitated on, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't delete it. I just couldn't. But uh, you falling asleep over there? No, that deer still. It still keeps me up. Um, hope still knows. And what's funny is there's i'm not going to name the show but there's a there's a show on amazon prime video and it's a hunting show a real normal what mm-hmm. you would see on the outdoor channel i mean normal hunting show and i've i've been watching it a little bit on and off and my wife started watching it with me she's not much of a hunter but she started watching and she started understanding this whole the jigsaw puzzle that you put together with trail cameras and understanding how the deer are moving between bedding and food and, and and how they're working that property and how you put together this whole game plan on these animals. And then she saw in one of the episodes where a guy, you know, finally was able to punch the tag on this deer that he'd been working on. Hmm. And he was crying when he recovered that deer. And I remember my my wife looked at me, this is a couple days ago. She looked at me and she goes, I just didn't know it was this much. She said, I knew that you, (laughs) all right, this is a little funny story. I was so wrecked by Mega Man, by not recovering Mega Man, that that Hope went out the very next weekend and bought me a remote control helicopter to try to lift my spirits. Aw. Yeah, she did. I crashed it, I mean, 13 (laughs) minutes into my first flight. I crashed it on the top of a big willow tree up in Wisconsin, went to Wisconsin, and I crashed on the top of a willow tree. But... That deer, I mean, it hurt me. She's a sweetheart, though. She knew that get, oh. get you to laugh and have a good time. I was, I mean, <laughs> you don't see me express a, express a whole lot of emotion outside of like funnier or lighter antics. That one brought out something different. I don't know. You've had some me. pretty good phone calls lately. <sighs> <laughs> I won't say which phone call it was, but there was the, one you were like. <laughs> the the other little sort of. 
funny story I have looking back on funny. It was absolutely not funny while it was happening. But me and my dad had an opportunity to go hunt Texas on a ranch, on a low fence ranch. Mm. And my uncle was down there to harvest a big deer. We were down there as his friends, and they gave us the opportunity to you know, shoot a couple of the cull bucks or a couple of the doe or sure. um, hogs, any of the nuisance things that they had going on. So we were down there, I don't remember, four or five, six days, something like that. Well, <laughs> me and my dad set out one day, and we sat in this ground blind. And my dad, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't talk about helicopters. <laughs> you already know the stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, so me and my dad are standing, sitting in this ground blind where they keep telling us that one of these nicer cull bucks shows up. And uh, my dad gets to, I can look, I look at him, he's just green. Like, mm-hmm. I just, there was something eating him up. And he looked at me and look, my dad does not quit anything, anything. My dad looked at me and he said, man, I don't know that I need to be out here. I need to get back to the lodge and go lay down. I, I'm, I am sick. Yeah. And it's an afternoon hunt. So he radios the guide. The guide comes and gets him. And then instead of leaving me sitting at this blind, I was probably, I don't know, 16. Instead of leaving me in the blind by myself, he took me to this tree stand. And he's like, hey, I'm going to give you this AR. Oh, it was an AR-10. And four <laughs> magazines. And... A silencer and i want you to unload on every hog you see tonight mm-hmm. like oh sweet absolutely so he puts me in this big tripod open tripod metal people have people have seen those like spin you know spindle Swivel chairs chair, yeah. and so i'm sitting up there and nothing nothing came in nothing i was out there for three hours i didn't see a thing i could hear the hogs out in the cactus and mm-hmm. out in the what is that other nasty thick stuff Just that mossy stuff yeah, yeah. crud I could hear them out there, but I couldn't. They they wouldn't come in, and uh, it's it's getting dark. Mind you, I don't have a, I don't have a radio. I don't have a cell phone. I don't have anything, and I'm hunting mile and a half, two miles from the lodge. Now I can see the lodge across the pond, but it's a long ways away, and it's getting dark. It's getting dark. It's getting darker. Now it's dark. I'm like, man, this is really weird that I'm still here. I can see all the trucks pulling up back to the lodge, dropping all the hunters back off at the lodge. And there's not a truck coming to get me. I can see the road that leads to me and nobody's coming. Well, they'll, they'll get here. The short end of the story is four hours later. Finally. And at this point I have taken a silencer off. I fired rounds into the air. I've flashed my flashlight at nothing. I can't, I mean, nobody is coming i've, I've mm-hmm. gone through the motions of okay what am i gonna do am i gonna get out of the stand run towards the lodge pitch black and hope that i don't find a hog or a diamond back or an alligator on the <laughs> yeah, on the uh, on the pond mm-hmm. trying to figure out how i'm going to navigate this trip back and i ended up decided i was going to spend the night in the stand if that's what i had to do <laughs> so eventually four and a half four 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 and a half hours later truck finally comes to pick me up they are i mean so incredibly sorry for leaving me out there they thought that i was also back at camp with my dad they knew my dad was back but uh. the guide who had left me and put me in a different stand got called into his real job hmm. and had to go work his midnight shift but didn't tell anybody that i had moved to stand 12b or whatever they call that, that communication stand. lap again and <laughs> It was finally when my dad woke up and he was like, "Hey, where's Matt?" I'm like, oh, I don't. I thought he was with you. 
no, he's not with me. And that's when they started scrambling. <laughs> but you know, time at that at that time, and there by the way, there's hogs all over below me at this point, and I'm not getting out of the stand. Mm-hmm. Well, it, looking back now, it's a funny story. I can promise you, during those four four and a half <laughs> hours of dark, nothing was funny. Nothing. <laughs> So that was my first Texas hunting experience. My last Texas hunting experience was nowhere near as bad. It was much more fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I wasn't going to do this, but since my dad opened that door, Matt, you already know the story. So we, Matt was telling me this helicopter story um, not too long ago. Actually, it was when we were in Texas. I think uh, around probably. the drive, one of the two. And I said, you want to hear a funny helicopter story? My dad had a, we won't say a bad habit. He had a slight habit. Of buying things and saying, don't tell your mom. (laughs) (laughs) This remote control helicopter was one of those stories. And he's like, yeah, I found this. And I I can't remember where he bought it. Either like Costco or something. It was nice. I mean, this thing was not cheap at all. And he charges up the battery, takes it out of the box, turns on the remote. And I'm like, think she's read the book first. (laughs) You know, thinking, yeah, I've never flown a remote control helicopter. And I'm like, he goes, ah, it can't be that hard. He's a pilot, you know. He's been in helicopters many times. I'm like, okay, he he know, you know. He powers this thing up, light turns on, the rotor starts going, gets up about, I don't know, 15, 20 feet in the air, and it just starts banking a hard right. And he says some four-letter words that I won't repeat <laughs> over and over and over and over again as it nosedives into a swimming pool. <laughs> it oh. wasn't airborne for more than five seconds. <laughs> this oh thing came gosh. up and just right in the pool. I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. I was a horrible son at this point. I'm like, I am laughing. I'm like, that's the funniest thing I've probably seen in a long time. And he's like, that's not funny. So, of course, I run over and grab it. i got long arms. I reach down to the pool and grab this helicopter out. It's done. <laughs> it's so done. I honestly think it's probably sat in his garage for years. And I actually think it might work now. I mean, it's sat that long without power. I think it actually worked. I don't remember if he told me that. Or not. I'm sure he's going to text me and cuss me out here in a second. But uh, that was the funniest darn thing I've ever seen with remote control. I can promise you mine does not work. I don't think if you would have put in the four, put the 47 pieces that it broke into back together, it would have worked again. Yeah. It was that mine was done. Those little drones scare me. I had He had... Uh, he had another one at one point. This was a drone, like a four four prop blade drone, and it had a camera on it. We were going to test it, taking pictures of his house and, and the property. And uh, it was calm winds that day. And I, I mean, I'm a pilot also, so is my dad. We've both been flying for a long time. And uh, I take off on this thing. There's no camera on the control. It's just a handheld like race car controller. Now I knew better as a pilot. There's these things called winds aloft which means at ground level up to so many thousand feet or hundred, even hundreds of feet. It could be even 20 feet. Wind can go in an opposite direction. So on the ground, winds can go west to east. At 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet, they can be going north to south. They can even be going east to west. I mean, they can change quite a bit. And the higher up you go, the faster the speed of wind, especially in the jet stream. You can get winds in the hundreds of miles an hour. There happened to be one at about 50 feet that day. <laughs> and I took this drone vertical up. My dad goes, see how far high it'll go. Okay, it's your drone. 
Uh, I go straight up. And we're, you know, we're just standing directly underneath it, looking straight up. I found that wind. (laughs) (laughs) That sucker took off. (laughs) And it ended up a good half mile. Well, it was over a quarter mile because they live out in the country. So this was an adjacent farm home down the road and somehow landed on the roof. (laughs) It hit a tree and spun on the roof. And I'm like, it's an abandoned home. I guess we do we just go get it? He goes, yeah. So we go back and get an extension ladder. Climb up on this roof. Happened to be the one day in 30-some years the owner showed up. <laughs> that was awkward. But, yeah, drones. Good times. <laughs> so we'll leave that to uh, the kids that want to play with the drones and the grown-ups that play with the drones and the military that plays with the drones and everybody else. It still blows my mind that we have all these drones, yet the news stations still use traffic helicopters. Yeah. Right. After all, all the technology we have, it's just, it's mind blowing to me. So we're going to take a break before we get into some horseplay nonsense and our typical uh, half hour of shenanigans. <laughs> maybe Arnold will join us. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. How, how uh, what was Doritos guy? Doritos guy. You know what I'm talking about. I do. What was his name? The deep voice. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. You've been working on that? No. About time. (laughs) When we come back, we'll be joining Sam Elliott and Kermit the Frog and Arnold Schwarzenegger on Back to Lodge. You're listening to 100.9 The Farm. Get him. This moment was brought to you by Higdon Outdoors, a leader in the waterfowl industry for over 25 years. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Higdon Outdoors has been helping waterfowl hunters make the most of their time in the field for over 25 years. We are a family-owned company, and we're proud to serve duck and goose hunters just like you. We make high-quality, innovative decoys and hunting products that you can afford, helping you focus on what's really important. Check us out at HigdonOutdoors.com. Innovation. Quality. Customer service. That's Higdon Outdoors. Get real. Get Higdon. Usually right about now, we'd be playing some music. But due to restrictions and copyrights, we can't allow music to play. So if you'd like to hear music in between breaks, tune in every Wednesday evening from 6 to 9 p.m. Central and hear us live at BackToTheLodge.com. Click the Listen Now button and you'll be back to the lodge. This country was born to believe in something larger than itself, a belief that the citizens within it could accomplish anything. From defeating an empire to sending a man to the moon, we built cities, formed the land, and through this an original spirit was born that has forged friendships, been celebrated, and at times been the cause of debate. We might not always agree, but there is one thing we can all agree on, love of country and love of a fine bourbon. America Bourbon, vet-owned and made proudly in the USA, available nationwide at most leading retailers and at americabourbon.com. 100.9 The Farm. So we're down to the shenanigan half hour of the show, which I think we just had a little too much fun, and it's kind of gotten catchy. Yeah. You know what's coming. You're already (laughs) sitting there giggling. I wish, I wish I could do voices. I just can't. I, you might be I can't. I, I really can't even either. So 
Mm. Mm. <laughs> Look at I can't. Mm. Okay, I do Nick. Mm. Mm. And it's still like an octave too high. <laughs> <laughs> He's like. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So have you gotten any better at Sam Elliott? Probably not. You had have, to, like, have you practiced? Me. I really have. He had to stand up and like adjust himself in order to do Sam Elliott. That's just that's a hard voice to do. I mean, <laughs> you might need to. It really is. Get some Marlboro Reds or something. <laughs> right. Help that out. Hey, I'm Sam Elliott. Clearly. Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your Luke Bryan is my favorite. That's my favorite. Oh. Yeah, the, the cartoonish Luke Bryan. Cartoony, yeah. So, uh, what's been going on, guys? Elmo, <laughs> say, how, how is Arnold? <laughs> I don't, dude, there's only a certain number of yeah. phrases I can do in that voice. I, I wish I could talk. You got to try to do the cameo for Back to the Lodge in Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. Elmo, <clears throat> say, you can do it. If only he worked in a studio. And like he could just be doing this when we're I not know, right? on air. You'd think like you know if he had access to a studio and a soundboard and a computer. Man, oh, wait. If only I didn't have different things to do. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I heard it I, coming. It was like. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> This is weird. Dude, all you got to okay. say is, this is Arnold, and you're listening to Back to the Lodge. I am Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt. You. <sighs> There's something about that, that I don't know, valve, sil- something. I don't know. You do, the, not you do the, like that. Uh, you do that. She's uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so just got to manipulate that into the cameo. <laughs> You're listening to Back to the Lodge right now on 100.9 The Farm. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Let's let's not let's not cut that short. You gotta throw in like a get to the chopper. Get to the chopper now. The moaning's getting a little too much. It's not so much the money. It's the facial expression you make that the the listeners I, don't get. I have never looked at myself in the mirror while I do that. Okay, I'm gonna, here. I'm going to put my phone on <laughs> selfie mode so you can see what we all see. Actually, here, let's just do it this way. I got you. We're going to video this. <laughs> oh, here, no, Wait. here. Let's let's really take this to the next level. Okay, okay. so if you're listening and you want to laugh as hard as we're laughing, because are you going live? Yes. Nah. <laughs> Man, you're a quick one. So no, we're just gonna do this live on the Facebook oh. page. So if you're listening, you got a you got a second what twelve second delay? I, honestly, from, it, from doc, you know listening online. So go to back there. to the lodge on Facebook, and <laughs> I'll, I'm setting it up now. And it says Nick is Arnold. Okay, <laughs> all right, we're gonna go live. And oh, I gotta flip the camera around. How do I do that? There we go. All right, so now you get to see hey Facebook what we see. 
Okay. So whenever you're ready, Nick. Oh, well, you know, (laughs) so here's the thing. Everybody can see what we see. Okay. Oh, wait, I didn't hit start. There we go. I'm hitting start. I'm like, there's nobody watching. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, Maybe like Deb said, we need to put you in cowboy hat and bikini bottom or something. I'm in. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody Nick wants is to actually going to start the, what is it called? The mic standogram? Yeah. You can actually hire Nick yeah. to go sing happy birthday or deliver any message you want to anyone within how many mile radius? I think it's uh, 25. I was thinking she, that her, I I thought was, 50 yeah. is what I thought I heard. Well, Nick will and do then, 50. And then I think that there is like a, like you will go further, but it costs more money. Yeah. Well, either way, you, you'll be able to... Uh, so, anyways, contact Deb at the mic stand in Huntington, Tennessee, and she's going to run the mic stand at Graham, and you'll be able to catch Nick coming to your doorstep with a cowboy hat singing Happy Birthday without the stick. Hoorah. That didn't sound right at all. <laughs> without the not stick. Even, that's not even, my, not even my branch, and that offended me. <laughs> what? All right. Nick, we got some viewers online. Oh, hey, they're guys, they're already mate. tuned into Facebook Live. You got four people already, so it's it's up and going. I think I got it right. We may have more than four people here in a minute. I don't know. Oh, uh, we're up to five. It's uh, just going to keep building. It'll probably it, get up to like it? 20 or so. And you guys are going to get to hear Nick do Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. But the funniest part of it is is his face. Like you, If you're not seeing his face, you're not going to get the full Dude, they are filing in now. Okay, oh, so. wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, well, let's get you warmed up, okay? Because right. you know this, we're we're putting you on the spot. Let's start. Let's start with. <laughs> let's just start with Kermit, so um, they know it's you. Oh, you know, it's not easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good segue for Luke Bryan. <clears throat> you know what my kind of night is. <laughs> my. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> and the famous Terminator. <clears throat> we got to get to the chopper now. Hal, hal. <laughs> <laughs> this is the facial expression. Oh. This is what we do. <laughs> and now people are jumping off the live as fast as they can. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, well, we saw it. <laughs> I Is can't. it that bad? <laughs> no, it's just funny, dude. <laughs> it's super funny. I'm I, like to get the whole expression, then you you kind of start to understand. <laughs> oh, you got it on your phone? Yeah. Oh, oh my lord. So that is Nick behind the scenes. Didn't you do another one last week? Because I was actually listening back to our episode to remember what we already talked about, but there was another voice you did. Did I? I think so. You had the Sam Elliott, uh, Kermit the Frog, Luke Bryan. Almost, was there one? I thought there was. Was there another? I don't know. I thought there was one more. I don't know. Uh, I tried Mickey Mouse this week. Oh, you did? I did. Did I inspire you? You actually did. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, boy. Try that again. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, toodles. Oh, boy. Camera's not on me, so we're safe. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you should flip thing around i can't i don't know how to flip the camera around can no, you not i mean without yes, manually you. turning the phone around yes you do not on live really i'm gonna hit the yeah see nothing happens oh wait uh, i'm screwed 
It's a funny looking dude. These young kids know technology way too well. Look at how, look at how the viewers dropped as soon as we threatened flipping the, the camera yeah, around. Yeah, what the heck is that? <laughs> oh, let's put him on live and it drops down to three. That, that's thanks. <sighs> Mm. What we need to figure out is I've seen people go live where multiple devices are live on the same screen. And I think they're using Zoom. Yeah. For the platform. Oh, okay. I don't know. All right. I will let... What, what, what do we want to do? A cameo or what should I do? I don't know. Should we, should we finish out the rest of the episode in these voices? Or would that get annoying? They'd get annoying. Maybe, maybe the last five minutes. Yeah. So you maybe like 10 till. Or no, we go to what? 58, right? 58, yeah. So, okay. All right. So that's the bet. We'll start at 8.53. Okay. Okay. At 8.53, whoever breaks their character voice has to buy the round of beer tonight. <sighs> so, Matt, you better figure out a voice. Dude, I'm going to lose. <laughs> no. Who is that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see it's not me if my oh. mouth's not moving. Or I'm a really good ventriloquist. We, I stick my hand up, Matt. I Never see, mind. I see an option to bring them on camera. Yeah, you can bring. But I think like, one of the viewers. Them. You can, yeah, it brings them. So on can the you bring me? Yeah. Are you on there? Yeah. Well, then here I'll just do that. We'll split the screen. Available viewers to be in your broadcast. Well, see, you're not showing on mine. So I don't know how that works. Hmm. Oh, I'm wa- maybe I'm watching as us. Oh, that's why then. Yeah, you have to view it from your personal page. That's why. Look, we're not the most tech-savvy people. We pay people for this stuff. <laughs> I don't have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> why don't you back out of Back to Life? Like, just use your personal page. I am. I thought. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. You got to, like, scroll to our stuff. No, 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 no. Go, go to your regular home screen. Your, your news feed. There you go. Now hit comment. That should do it. There, I just seen the ad. Okay, it's populating. If you want to volunteer to be a video technician in our studio, please message us. That would be just superb. Because actually, why don't you comment on something so I can see it? Hmm. Or it's gonna if it says comment is back to the lodge, and we know we just don't have it together. (laughs) It showed up as back to the lodge. You suck. I don't know. I don't. All right, then we have to go five minutes in our character voices. I'll do Elmo. Who are you going to do? I'm going to do Luke Bryan because he's the only voice I can fluently speak in. All right, so if I do Elmo and you do Luke Bryan for the last five minutes, which starts in three minutes, Matt will have to try to trip us up. I think that's how we can do this. My dad's on. He goes, I'm on. Yes, we know you're on. Nick yeah, said, now your brother's my saying brother, I'm logged in. Thanks, yeah, Nick. but I don't. He's because see, he's an admin on the page, so I don't think it's going to default to back to the lodge. Yeah, I don't. But you're. Could you have the option to switch when no, you're in the lodge? Because it's iPhone. Look where I where I would switch. It's not letting me do it. I don't know. Uh-oh. I don't. I don't. I'm sure there's a way to do this. Hmm. I just don't know how. So well, or you can open it up in your internet browser. Well, that wouldn't work either because you're still an admin. Yeah, but then I gotta figure out my password, and I don't. Nick's trying it. So Nick's a little more. Tech okay, set. so how do I do this? I don't know. None of us know. Well, it's it has to add it his to, to the, the video. Yeah, I can't. Do I that. think he's viewing his back to lodge. Also, that's all good. That's right. So, we'll get this figured out at some other point. It's not yeah. a problem. You know what? It's eight fifty. So if you're driving your car, I suggest you turn your radio down. 
uh, because this might be a little obnoxious to you. But if you're listening to this on podcast, you probably still sh- should turn your radio down. <laughs> turn your earbuds down. Or you're going to be laughing hysterically in your office. Like, look at these two idiots. <laughs> and your boss is going to wonder what you're doing. So, And there's nothing worse than either sitting at your desk trying not to laugh. Or in my case, I watched that movie Good Boys yeah. <laughs> on the flight to uh, Tokyo last year. <laughs> and I had the headsets on when Good Boys came in. And there were some scenes in there that were pretty funny. I was literally trying not to pee myself from laughing. Yeah. And everybody's looking at me, and I'm sitting there snorting and right. cracking up. And I'm just like, don't laugh loud, don't laugh loud. Yeah. And they're looking at me like, will you shut up? It was it was pretty embarrassing. So, All right. So, so what's the subject going to be that we talk about? Well, Matt will have to emcee this. Okay. 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 And, and you're until- going as who? Patrick's going to be? I'll, I guess Elmo. And you're going as Luke, is a, Luke Bryan. It's an awkward conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this makes for like a one of those. Um, what do they call that? Twenty four hours celebrity death match. The next twenty four. Oh, not that. No, what was that? I'm a I, wish, I wish that that show was still existed. Remember that, that was celebrity? MTV. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. There was almost one on live TV last night. What was that like claymation? Wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm talking about there's almost a real one In last one night. Oh, yeah. In <laughs> one minute, we start. All right, we're at the countdown. All right. Most people are like, we're tired of waiting on this. <laughs> right. So you got a video of me. Until we get tech-savvy people to work here, I don't know why we hired them, but it's going to get pretty interesting. So you know what? It's 8.52. Sure. Let's just go ahead and do this. All we're right. going to go to 8.58. Mm-hmm. Matt will lead the topic. This is not the debate. Well, we can do a debate. <laughs> we can. Let's do it in debate mode. Ooh, I'm playing media. You media? get to be Chris oh, Matthews. All right. <laughs> Which one? I'll do play? Elmo and Luke Bryan. Yeah, but should, oh, should we be like the presidents, or should we just be our oh. own people? I Elmo say it's gonna be huge. <laughs> <laughs> billions and billions of dollars. <laughs> oh. It's gonna be huge. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so topic. Did you watch the debate? Yes. Okay, so you can do anything, next to him. anything Joe said in Luke Bryan's voice, and I have to do what Trump said in Elmo's voice. Okay. Oh, God. I, I, well, I, I can't recite that much. You don't have to recite it. Just say things they would have said in general. Okay. China. Yeah. China. <laughs> the China virus. <laughs> this guy over here is a clown. <laughs> You're stupid. You graduated in the bottom of your class. No, I can't. Elmo, Elmo, Elmo. I'm not joking. Elmo, no. This is Luke's bedtime. Elmo, it's not fake news. Fake news. Elmo, say fake news. Oh my! I am the mediator. Can I get my time back? I'm gonna give you 30 seconds. We're gonna roll the time back. Give you 30 more seconds. Thank you. Now what I was talking about. He's lying. He's lying. We've lost everyone. (laughs) Don't break your voice. I ain't. Elmosi, let's go on to immigration. (laughs) Now, you remember that wall he was going to build? Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Hey. Fake news. Look, Elmo. (laughs) Elmo. No, no. I didn't get my time. You didn't get my time. You're stupid. Listen, sleepy Luke. <laughs> How much did your son make? How much did he make? Yeah. <clears throat> uh huh. Two million, no. billions 
that was not true. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, you pay Russia. That was not true. That is a lie. Fake news. <laughs> you guys are stupid. You guys are so stupid. You couldn't do what I did. What's it? <laughs> you called me a crazy person. You said I was misogynistic. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I shut down the borders. No, no, you said I was racist. I'm going to say go to sleep, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, look. Uh, he, look. Uh, Fake news. Uh, <laughs> I like to hear myself talk. <laughs> Man, am I glad this is almost over. This show's gonna be huge. <laughs> <laughs> you still got three more minutes. <laughs> Are you buying a beer? <laughs> Can we talk about something else? You don't know what to talk about. You don't even know where you're at. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sleepy Joe. Huh? Come on, Sleepy Joe. Pocahontas can do a better job. Oh, my Pocahontas would have left. Oh, were we talking about Pocahontas? Oh, oh. Let, let. yeah, yeah. You just wanna you just wanna shut the economy down. I'm gonna say leave it open. Uh That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. There's Luke's patented stutter. <laughs> Bottom of your class. That's right. Mm-hmm. That is not true. Elmo say you're stupid. You don't call me stupid. That that is not true. I have been cognitively g- g- cognitively co- <laughs> tested. Elmo say go sing a country song. <laughs> I can do that in my sleep. You better you better keep going. I mean I can't. You really want me to sing a song? Nick, come on, sing a song. Who? <laughs> Uh-oh. I tried. <laughs> Almost the next question. <clears throat> Taxes. Got a little boom in my big truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because I paid $750 in taxes, Elmo said you're still stupid. Oh, no, 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 no. We got a request. What's that? I'm not on. Green Deal. Oh, the Green New Deal. Green Deal. Green Deal. I want to keep the skies clear and the water pretty. Almost say, almost say global warming is only part of the problem. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Huge. <laughs> well, I'm super glad we did this, guys. But your time limit's up. Uh, you're listening. Never mind. We can stop now. <laughs> Time's up. Uh, All right. Until next week. <laughs> We're going to have to have a challenge for next week. We're going to review yeah. the stories that you guys sent us. Um, so send us your best hunting and fishing story. Just throw fishing in there, too. Send us your funny story, uh, and you can win a tumbler. And we'll tell you next week what the new stuff is, because we ran out of time. So until next week, I'm Patrick. I'm Matt. I'm Nick. And we were back to the lodge. We'll see you next week. Oh, as always, ask yourself what you're grateful for. Ooh. Almost almost blue. Almost. Almost.
See you next week on 100.9 The Farm. Hey, everybody. Nick here from Back to the Lodge. If you like the show, if you like the content, subscribe to us, follow us, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And hey, if you want to listen to us live, don't forget to tune in each Wednesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. You can go back to the lodge.com, click the Listen Now button, and you'll be listening live. But until next time, we'll see you when we head back to the lodge.